0: Go to PrettyLitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
1: Sans Pants Radio. The proof is in the plodding. Hey,
2: I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot.
0: Go to PrettyLitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
3: Hello, movie maintenance listeners. I have traveled across oceans of time. To tell you that Movie Maintenance Presents and Beaten by Productions are hosting a special one off charity event. A live script reading, with all proceeds going to a Nepalese family still struggling in the aftermath of the earthquakes. Tickets are ten dollars, and you can rub shoulders with all of your favorites, Gabrielle. Carney, Handsome Tom, as well as Yannick, and Mecca from Bogum Book Club. I will be there too. In the dark, never far, but out of reach. Visit sanspensradio.com forward slash live for tickets.
4: Hey guys, Carney here. If our little charity show isn't enough for you, the Movie Maintenance Boys will be back for a special live show at this year's Melbourne Fringe Festival. I'll be joined by Gabe and Handsome Tom on Thursday the 14th of September. Head over to sanspantsradio.com slash live to grab tickets and to check out the dates and times of our other shows. Welcome to this week's episode of Movie Maintenance where some movies just need fixing. I'm Carney. I'm Gabe. I'm Damien. And this week, John Wick Chapter 2. First fix. Did <laughs> chapter two? You just wanted to say two.
1: Uh, yeah, just doing like two? a
4: clever subtitle to it. I think
1: they're trying to be clever by having chapter two. Yeah, it's not a book; it's a movie. Well, so
2: it kind of makes it. It makes the whole thing seem like it's meant to be like this big, overreaching saga It was always yeah. planned to like have more and more installments. I'm like, sorry, but it was. First film didn't exactly <laughs> no. lend itself to a sequel. Like I think the first film was a film where people watched and were like, hey, we like that. If we can get more, that'd be great. Mm. It wasn't like there
4: were like these huge, gaping, unanswered questions in one that just had to be resolved yeah. by two. Yes, it was a like, genuine surprise the first film yep. because. I mean, uh, we went and saw this actually together. Yeah, Handsome Tom wasn't invited and it was great. We (laughs) had (laughs) the
1: best time ever. It was the genuinely fun time.
4: Uh, um, It happens, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) Let's do that more often. Sorry, Tom. I'm not sorry at all. Um, (laughs) And we, well, I know for a fact Damo and I were kind of like, oh fuck, and Gabe had a pretty good time. And I was trying to remember back because I have fond memories of the first one. Mm. And then after we saw the film, I went and watched the first one again. And I was like, oh, it's not actually as good as I remember like it's a really stock standard action film with above average fight choreography. Yeah. I think that's excellent. I think that's what makes and it the, stand yeah, out. Yeah. And the directors were like fight choreographers. So yes. it's got that background and also had the emotional element of the dog, which is different to kind of anything I've seen in a, that sort of action film. Yeah. yeah. But dialogue and stuff was just as shitty as the stuff that I had issues with in the second one. Yeah.
1: I generally and- think it was the premise. I think they just dialing it down to, no, this is a revenge story. He lost his wife, the wife told him to get a dog, and now that dog's been taken? Great. Yep. Like, that's what made it stand out to me, that they didn't push for more than that, because we don't need more than that. Yeah. And then it was just fun and beautiful and action-y, and it was great. And there was a bit of mystery as to all oh, this a bigger world, well, it also but I didn't kind of- want to know about that bigger world. Me I too.
2: liked it being a mystery. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I look at John Wick and I kind of think, yeah, like what you said, Connie, It's a stock standard action film. I almost feel accidentally stumbled into doing a few things really well. Yeah, like we'll having a cool premise, like having great fight choreography, like having a cool broader world that where like any of those things taken in isolation wouldn't have really kind of gotten anyone's attention. Yeah, but all of them together kind of made people think that John Wick. But because really, it's only those three elements that actually make the film stand out. Yeah, for sure. and without one of those things, the film kind of wouldn't have worked nearly as well. Mm. So, but I don't know. I think John Wick was a film that I watched. I really enjoyed. I didn't kind of go nuts for it the way a lot of people did. And I was keen for a second one. I was like, yeah, cool. Can't wait to or not even can't wait. Just like, yeah, cool. Looking forward to it. Mm. Like I remember, you know, when it was put back by like three months in Australia or whatever it was. Yeah. I was I mean, we of kind like, of, We didn't rage about it, but we were a bit like, oh, what the fuck? We're all reasonably excited for it. I didn't walk in there being like, oh, shit, yeah, John Wick. I was like, yeah, cool, this might be a fun time at the movies. And frankly, I had a fun time at the movies. Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't remember it five minutes after I walked out of the movies. Yeah, But, like, I couldn't tell you now what my favourite scenes were or (laughs) what stood out for me. But I – and I wasn't – like, I definitely wasn't like – riveted on the edge of my seat, want to find out what happens next. I thought I had a couple of cool moments. I liked the scene where the girl cut her wrists in mm. the bath and was like, you're not killing me or wherever it was. Yeah. Um, I actually, for the, for the dumb fun that it was, I liked the scene where everybody in New York was an assassin and John Wick was like <laughs> taking them out one by one. I actually quite enjoyed that. I thought for what it was, but <sighs> I mean, it was, it was pure turn your brain off entertainment. Like yeah, it was. I got to the end of it and it's like, I, I think maybe my expectations weren't high at all. I didn't want anything other than to turn my brain off and have fun and go on that ride, mm. I, I had no expectation I was going to walk away being like, oh my God, what an amazing film. So like when it finished, I was just like, yeah, fine, like whatever. And then yeah. I just moved on with my life and never thought about that film again yeah. until now.
1: Yep. See for me in, in trying to broaden the world, first of all, it was a lot of world building for me, which didn't work. It felt like the second movie of a a trilogy. Yeah, yeah. Even though the first one was never meant to be a trilogy. And that's ultimately my problem. I feel like it diminished the first one. The first one, his motive was something we could all just immediately be like, yeah, great. Someone got your dog? You fucking go get him. Like, I'm on board with that. Where for this one, while it, it definitely fit into the world he was in, that he had to follow up on getting this coin and therefore doing the job the guy was asking him of, I didn't care. I'm like, yeah, but- That's not a good motive. Not for this character. Before he was, it was at least partially redeeming where for this, it was just, it was him backsliding into the world. That's exactly it. Which is what it is. And like, it's a tragedy, but I didn't want to see that tragedy. The whole thing with him getting a wife and getting
4: out was a change in the character. Mm. And he did what he had to do in the first film. And we bought into it because yeah, they stole his car for one thing, but (laughs) they took the dog, which was the last link to the wife. Yes. Yes. And then just to have this film where he's just like, ah, fuck it, and killing everybody and just like sort of so openly getting back into that. I don't know. It's just there's not a character there that I actually like. Mm. I really like Keanu Reeves and like, yeah, there's some cool accident stuff in this. But in terms of like it just kind of switches off all humanity. And I know it's a really stylized and sort of over-the-top world and everything, but at a certain point when John Wick's so invincible that he gets hit by a car like 10 times in the film and he's just like dusts himself off and it's all good, it's kind of like- I don't really care anymore when you can hmm. just get punched and keep getting back up.
1: Yeah. It's an issue. Because like, well, at the end, when the hit goes out on him, you've got an hour or whatever, and he's yep. like, tell them I'm going to kill them all, and he's hobbling away. Yeah. You're not a threat. Like, and like, like you said, literally everyone in New York is yep. now an assassin somehow. But just on that ending-
4: I I watched that. I watched the film again because, like you said, Gabe, came out of it, kind of forgot about it. Mm. And so I'm like, oh, it's kind of months later now. We've got to do a sort of fix on it. I'm like, oh, I don't remember the film. Shit, Mm. I need to watch it. And I watched that ending, and John Wick says, You tell them, whoever comes, I'll kill them all. And it's kind of like, But why? Yeah. Like, what are you actually fighting for anymore?
1: Mm.
4: See, I think. Does he want to live? I just don't know. I would think that he just wouldn't because what is there? Yeah. He had the wife, she's gone. And then he's kind of, like you said, taking this backslide into being like this terrible kind of garbage person who kills people yep. again. And it's yep. like, what are you actually fighting against now? Mm. There's no like, like, where, where is it. his redemption coming from? Cause it yeah. came
1: from the wife and we lost her to illness. Yeah. And then it, it was the dog. It was the memory of the wife and the dog. Yeah. But both of those got eradicated in this movie. Yeah, which for me didn't sit See, well. That was part of the redeeming
2: qualities of the first. Movie. I didn't mind the setup of it. Like I, I actually thought, like in the world it lives in the, 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 uh, that these films lives in, I thought the setup was quite logical. Like okay, so yet he's come back. He's done this for a dog. To the people who are watching, they're like, "Oh cool, that means you're back." And it's like, "Yeah, sure, you retired, and that sort of nulled any debts you had for us. But now that you're back, well, you've actually got to enact these debts." The idea of these like I didn't coins think of it like exchange, that. And that's, yeah, yeah, I thought like the idea of I, I quite liked that part of. It. I thought, yeah, it's a setup call cool. that makes sense. He's reluctant and everything. And he kind of gets pushed into it and he kind of has to. And that kind of caused him to backslide more and more into the world. I don't mind that. The problem is, I think, what you do with it. And they didn't do really anything with it it was just kind of like yeah cool this is set up for just like another action film whereas in the first one it was like his motives made perfect sense yeah. in this one it's like well I mean these motives make sense they're just not that interesting mm. it's like he's doing this because he has to
4: Yeah, like, it's just a bit weird because in the previous film you had I can't remember the actor's names the guy recently passed away but he was the Russian mob boss and he sort of John was in his service or whatever and he gave him an impossible task mm. and John fulfilled that task and then got out and then in this film like the guy slides the coin across with the blood packed thing on it and it's like It's not really clear, like what it was. It really reeks of like, oh shit, we have got to make a second film. What can we do? Oh, let's
1: bring him back in. And it was just, yeah, I I feel like plenty of effort went into the fight scenes and the choreography. Yep, not as much went into the story. A lot went into the world building. I will admit that, and that's what you're saying. Like for the world they've built, it is a logical story, but the I didn't need it. Yeah, I don't. Like I was saying for the for the first one, I'd liked that I knew there was this this shadow assassin world that had these rules. But I kind of like the mystery of it because to me it could be anything. Like what they've delivered kind of wasn't as good as what my background imagination was. Yeah, imagining. Well, it never will be. It never um, will be. And but that's it's in that's
4: that, Right. I mean, it, there's lots of moments throughout the film, but it's near the end. It's when he meets um, Winston Ian McShane's character, yeah. and he just does that thing. It, everyone stops and just yeah. like it's too much. Yeah, I, I just don't yeah. Like at it. a certain point, I mean, I, I don't know. Like I, the thing I always look back to
2: is you know in Lord of the Rings. I remember when I was a kid watching Fellowship of the Ring. And all the hints of mythology and the hints of, like, the backgrounds of the Nazgul and the, bang- b- the backgrounds of, like, the Witch King of Angmar and Angmar, mm. which fell and fell to the darkness and all of that. Like, it was just hints. Yeah. And I was so fascinated by that world. And I had all these ideas of, yes. like, you know, these amazing tragedies and beautiful sagas and crazy stuff that went on. And then the Hobbit films, it's like, oh, yeah, here's all more of the Nazgul and here's all this and here's where they're buried and here's this and here's how they come back and everything. And I'm like, I don't care anymore. Like, mm. it was the mystery – That made it scary, and it was that scariness that made it compelling. And now that you've unraveled that, it just takes away any power. And in John Wick, it's the fact that, like, we don't really know much about it. It's like, yeah, this is just the world he lives in. Mm. It doesn't get explained. We don't really get any depth to it. We don't know anything about John Wick.
4: Yeah, Yeah. When he retired, what does he tell his wife that he does? Right. (laughs) <laughs> those coins know how do they it, yeah. transfer into the real world as money yes yeah. <laughs> like some, There's so many things some Things
2: i really really liked in the first film and it's just and again it's like it's it's this gift for implying without outright stating or exploring it's things like the moment where you know the mob boss calls him and is like oh you know uh can we can we smooth this over can we make this go away can i mm-hmm. is there anything i can do and john wick hangs up and the guy's like what do you say And he's like enough yeah. and he's like how many men do you have or, or how many men do we need and he's like how many do we have mm. and if it's like little things like that it's yeah. like fuck they tell you so much yes. they so tell you cleverness. everything you need to know about yep. the character yep. and it's just it's it's succinct it's to the point mm. it's just like effective economic storytelling that worked really well and just kind of you know it's not, it's not amazing it's not rocket science but it just again no. added to the little things that made yep. the first John Wick stand just that little
4: bit above the pack yep. There are interesting things in the second one, but they slap you in the face with it. Like there's yeah. a scene where she's asking him, do you fear damnation, John, and all that sort of stuff. I actually like that. I like the thought process in his head of worrying about the repercussions of things he's mm. done. But it's when characters actually say that to him that yes. it's like, oh,
1: right, Jesus. If that had been the theme that we sort of, we felt that by the end of it, great. Yeah. Rather than just, hey, that's what this scene is going to be about. Yeah. I want to get to the end and have like a sense that he, he there's no real
4: change in his character for me. No, nah. it, uh, I was still on board though like I was having fun in that first scene even though it's overly long and he gets hit by a few too many cars and takes a few too many hits and all yeah. that shit and the fights just go for a little bit too long and all that stuff Yeah, it was probably when Ruby Rose came on screen <laughs>
1: that I was like nah I'm checking out <sighs> look I think it's fair to say we're all fairly not on board uh, with Ruby yeah, Rose I, I
2: wasn't enjoying her part at all but
1: I mean even the trailers I was like why is Ruby Rose in this film mm.
2: my, my feeling in the film was like I'm liking this film in spite of her mm. not because of her yeah but, yeah, it just – I don't know why she gets cast in things. I don't know why she's
4: there. It just – Not only is she a shit actress and the character was pretty bad and all that, they don't show her fight until she actually fights yeah. at the end. Not for one second did I believe that that was going to be a thing. No. And I actually I, – I timed – I counted it when they did fight and it's over inside in so 30 seconds. Oh, for
1: sure, yeah. yeah. We've, we're seeing Keanu kick ass literally the entire yeah. movie – how is she a threat?
4: This small little Ruby Rose is going to do something. But and the whole—I don't know what they thought they were doing. Did they think it added something? Did it make something to her character that she was deaf and doing sign language? And
1: I guess she was meant a to a be clerk, like the gimmicky character. Yeah, she was. But to be honest, you had the the bodyguard of the woman, Common or whoever played him. Yeah, he did great. He was he, good. he could have. He was the adversary. They had an amazing fight scene on that train. Yep. Great. That's what we could have led up to. Yep. Not Ruby Rose. No. Not talking, which, I mean, good choice, but still, like, the, just don't put her in there. Her dialogue
4: in the sign language, it's just stuff like, I'll be seeing you, and then he's like, not if I see you yeah, first in oh. sign language. And it, they, they do really weird subtitles in this film. Like, they'll do, like, big things, then someone will say Boogeyman, and it'll come up big in Red Riding. Yeah, writing, and that's yeah. Like, what the fuck I doing? think, I actually think the- I'll be seeing you, not if
2: I see you first. Carney, I think like at that point I was still kind of on the side of the film mm-hmm. and I, I'd heard you sort of snuffling and grumbling on the way the film. I just like hear the old man no, Carney grumbling no. like, away. leaning back and your arms crossing and everything. And I think I actually heard your drop retract
1: in that moment. <laughs> <laughs> like just... It was audible throughout the whole yeah, cinema. Just... It was just a bit of a nope.
4: <laughs> just no. <"Nope." laughs> oh, that sound of, <laughs> there it goes. No, yeah. there were times when like – because this shit just kept piling up and yeah. I was really on having a bar of it I kept kind of looking over at Gabe expecting like a bit of camaraderie yeah. and he was, he was like into the film and he was deliberately like, like shifting his body I had straight up positioned
2: my hand yeah. to cover my eyes because I could feel <laughs> you looking at me and I was like shut up, shut up I'm enjoying myself because I just I just knew that you'd be looking at me with these like you know kind of questioning eyes be like yeah mm. you, you know, you're liking this but um, yeah, I was deliberately trying not to look at Carney but the problem was that all my efforts to try to not look at Carney were distracting me from actually just being like fuck you Carney <laughs> <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) enjoyed this film (laughs) but it really didn't actually
4: help with my you know it's right because I just looked to my right and sweet drop over here he was there for me Uh, I looked at him and he was like shit I I know mate I fucking know (laughs) yeah
1: I mean, between shoving pods in my face, I was very <laughs> exasperated. Yeah,
2: like I could, I think, I think at a certain point where Kanye kind of gave me up for a bad job, apart from the later moments where I think it got worse and worse, he sort of looked at me incredulously, like he's still yeah. enjoying this. And I still had my hand raised enough to <laughs> like, try to
4: say that he's off. He's like, come I on, see, mate, come on. You've got me, to admit now, it made me hate the film more. <laughs> I was like, fuck you, Gabe. Share my hatred. (laughs) But then I could see you. I could
2: literally see your head like turning it drop. And I guess the two of you sharing like loving looks in each other's eyes. It was more like eye rolling. But yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But it was also a bit of you get me. Yeah. 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 It was nice. It was
4: a sweet moment. It was. Just touching on like the, just back to the world building real quick. Mm. I hated those scenes where it was like uh, him picking out a gun and it's the guy selling the gun talking about dessert and first course and all this stuff. And then the guy
1: trying on him, trying on the suits. Yeah. Just all that bullshit. It felt one trying too hard. Yep. Like, look at the movie we've got. You, you can get away with some of that shit. But, again, with the first one, they ignored that crap. Yep. And that's what made it stand out. And that's why, like, for you, you're going, oh, I wasn't expecting much. I guess I kind of was. Yeah, like, which like, is enough. I kind of wanted it to surprise me in the, in the way the first one did. Yeah. But there's this thing in writing where- if you've got this concept, describe ten percent of it really well, like over-explain it, and the audience will think you know that. And the other ninety percent, but you never actually have to say it. In their imagination, it's going to be bigger and better than if you explained all nine, all hundred percent of it. Yeah, that's what the second movie was. It was explaining the other ninety percent and ruining it. Yeah. With that first ten percent in the movie, in the first movie, brilliant, loved it.
4: I think that the best segment of the film is um, when the woman kills herself in the bath. And yet, yes, I'm just not. I'm not. I'm getting rid of that. Right, okay. um, <laughs> I mean, for reasons that yeah, I okay. hope will become clear. So I just
1: do, bit? Like, get it out of there. I actually
4: think it's just the strongest part of the film, and yet mm. to me, it's the bit that uh, it doesn't serve sort of what I want to do with it, but sure. it also just it just makes sense. He's like, I feel like he comes to John because it's an impossible task type job, yeah. which John's known for, and then there's just that scene where she's just walking with one bodyguard, and John Wick's just standing on the roof watching them, and he's like ten meters away, Thank and it's you. just sniper yes. rifle bang, and it's done. Yep. But it's like, yep. why did they need him? It's so easy. He gets to the country, someone gives him a map, another guy gives him a gun, another guy gives him a bulletproof suit and then
1: it's in, and out, a menu And a menu of guns. Yeah. <laughs> and <it's-> armory. <laughs> it's just...
4: <sighs> I got rid of that. So my approach to fixing this, rather than being like, what's my ideal scenario for mm. a John Wick Chapter 2, I basically just took the film they gave us and kind of what they wanted to do with that and then just tried to bring it sort of more back to the first film, which I just think worked because it was really streamlined. Mm. It was such a simple... Idea just done really well. Whereas this, they went too far with the world building. They just tried a few different things that didn't really work. They brought in characters like Ruby Rose that are just shit house. And um, we'll see how we go, lads. Cool. (laughs) So if we begin on an establishing shot of a familiar house, the camera's slowly inching closer to it, and we hold on it. And then three shapes move past. Three masked men. They break into the house and they're whispering amongst themselves. One of them saying, "Is it true what they say about him?" Another guy's like, "He took out the whole crew." The men pass down the hallway and we see a couple of photos. The photos of John Wick and his wife, Helen, the men linger at the photos and they're looking at John's face and they're saying, I heard he once took out three guys with a pencil. And it's like, no, no, no. I heard it was five guys, five guys with a pencil. Like Jesus Christ. You sure he's not home. And they're like, no, no, no. He's, he's out there walking. his fucking new dog or something. He's fine. We're okay. Like, that's how it all started. That dead fucking dog and his fucking car. What are we doing? So the men, they steal a couple of the photos of John's wife then they take a set of keys and we hear them rev up John's prized car. They break out of the garage and they drive away. And then we hear a dog bark, getting louder and louder. It's John's, you know, the new dog that he got at the end of the first film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people. Bounds into view. It's leash dangling along the ground. And out of breath, John arrives moments later and we watch him shake with anger as he sees them drive away with his car. He goes inside and he sees that the photos of Helen, his dead wife, are gone. Then he glares at the camera in fury as we cut to the main title. John Wick. We'll just call it John Wick 2. Great. <laughs> Thank two. you. Don't need that. Just for you, Job. You're the best. All right. So then it's a similar scene that they have in the movie with, um I think that actor's Peter Stormare. yeah?
1: Yeah, that's yeah. Right.
4: He's playing the brother of the boss from the first film. Only this time we see the three men from the opening scene just then, his men come into him and they fess up to what they did. Well, he didn't order them to do it and he's absolutely furious at them for doing it. They're acting out because they don't think what John did by killing like you know 80 men in the previous film can stand. But they're all young. They don't understand what John Wick is. So he explains it to them. And it's basically the scene that exists to fill us in uh, on what we might have forgotten from the last film, which Mm -hmm. I think the film tried to do, but they just did it a little bit too long and it it was a bit drawn out. Yeah, You know, that John had a wife who who died. She gave him a dog who was then killed and then he took revenge like it is in the movie. But let's shorten it. While he's giving uh, them the John Wick history lesson, we see a bit of the montage of John entering their building, you know, with stealth. We don't need the stupid car chase at the start. Actually, yeah, because that's another scene that really annoyed me. They have that, like, really long car chase that mm. I think – it looked like it was in, like, Tokyo or something. And then it just ends – you don't see John Wick's face, but you know it's him. He gets mm. out of the car and he steals the key card. And you're like, oh, this is interesting. And then it's literally just a key card to get into the car garage yeah, to get his car back. It's weird. John Wick can get into, like, any building. He doesn't need to steal <laughs> the key card. Yeah, So the boss guy, Peter Stormer, he clarifies all the bickering about how many people John killed with a pencil and all that because these guys are idiots, these three morons just arguing over it. The number keeps going up and down and blah, blah, blah. It was five, it was this, it was three, and then the boss says, it was actually 13. And the boss asks his guys how many men they have on guard and they reply that there are 15 and he says, good, that's good. Down below we see John who's now in the building. He locates his car. He quietly gets into it and finds the keys. He's about to start it. But then he lingers. He looks in the back seat, under the seat, in the glove box, nothing. The photos of his wife aren't there. His uh, fists clench around the wheel in anger. Now, we linger on a reception desk and the camera kind of moves along it. We see staples, paper, and then we see a pencil. We hold on it and then a hand reaches out and takes it. We're back in the boss's office and then we hear the screaming. Just tons and tons Hmm. of agonized screaming. The boss, he starts to shake a little bit and he sends the three morons who caused this to go out and face him. They hesitate for a bit and then he points his gun at them. After a minute or so, we hear them scream too. And then we hear the slow, heavy footsteps on the stairs as John Wick enters the room, holding nothing but a bloodied, brain-splattered pencil <laughs> and he throws it at the boss's face. The boss quickly places the photos of Helen down on the desk and he's like, here, take them, take them. He pours two glasses of vodka and he pushes one towards John and he says, what if we forget what you did to my brother? what you did to my nephew, what you did to the family. John, what about peace? And John just stares at him and says, you don't deserve peace. And the boss shakes his head and he says, and you think you do? And then that just sits for a while and John stares at him for a long time. And then finally he speaks and he says, yours is the last life I take. And the boss laughs and he downs both shots of the vodka. and He says, I'll be seeing you, John. Maybe not today, but soon. And John shoots him hmm. and the blood, it'll splatter on the framed picture of John's wife and he just stares down on it. So, later we see him back at his home and then we get a visit from, um, you know, the character Aurelio, he's the garage guy that's going to fix the car for John. (coughs) Aurelio, yeah, he comes up and John gives him the car and he says, yeah, I'll try my best to fix it. Just like the same as it is in the film. Mm. Later he does that thing he does in the first film where he's watching that, you know, that one video he's got of his wife on the beach. Yeah. He's sitting on his bed and he's getting real emotional. He's tearing up while he just watches this film again and again. It ends and he plays it back. Then he packs up all the bloody clothes and guns and goes to the basement and buries it all under the fresh concrete. This is all the same as in the film Mm -hmm. where he just... He puts everything back under. We see the coins that he's got, all the guns. He's got this huge arsenal. And then the doorbell rings. He opens it. And this time, instead of the Santino character in the film, it's Lawrence Fishburne. Ooh. But he's not playing, you know, the shit crazy guy character that he played in yeah, the Yeah, Samuel
1: he's, L. Jackson ripoff.
4: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's, Somebody get this man a gun. <laughs> yeah, right. It was
1: that, sorry, I can't believe
4: that didn't come up because I think we all just forgot that. happened. Yeah, like yeah. It's, That's a terrible that out of my brain. part of the film yeah. that exists. The only information he gets from him, doesn't he just go for, a, I need a location on Santino and he goes, at the end he's like, He's at the gallery. It's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, that's that place where oh, that John met it? with him earlier? <laughs> yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Oh, my God. You know, he's basically just playing the Santino character, but I just want to recast it because I really like Lawrence Fishburne. And I think that's given it. the right role, he'd oh, be good. He was wasted in that role. Yeah. So let's just put him into that Santino role. Great. And uh, I don't it. really know that character name works for him. So we're just going to refer to him as Omar. Okay? All right. Cool. Nice. I also, I, I pick him because I just like the chemistry that they have. It's yeah, exactly oh, for sure. Yeah, in the yeah. Film, but just. Built up from the matrix. And that yeah. Sort of stuff, how can you know? not get excited? Yeah. yeah. I kind of wanted a scene where he's like, I can only show you the door you to walk it," <laughs> something like that. Yeah. So the job is different this, run, uh, this time around as well. I'm getting rid of the sister thing. I thought that scene was the best. I'm removing it. Omar has already killed his sister in this story and he's t- already taken her spot at the high table. What he wants from John as he slides the blood, you know, the pact thing, the the marker or whatever it's called mm. across the table, is for him to kill Ian McShane's Winston character.
1: Oh, okay. Who, okay. as we know,
4: is the guy who runs the Continental Hotel. Omar's issue is that there are lots of things he wants to do to expand his empire now that he's on the high table, but Winston's sort of like holding up a lot of that stuff for these old-fashioned sensibilities. There's lots of stuff he can't do within the Continental that he thinks he could if there was new management, basically.
1: Okay. So, so he wants to get rid of him. So rules are still in place, but he's trying to break them down. He
4: wants to break them down, Okay, yes. yeah, that's good. Obviously, the tricky aspect of it is that whole thing about how Winston's always there at the mm. Continental and you can't kill people at the Continental. So yep. it's like the impossible job, who do I get? Johnny Wick. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
2: Yeah, cool. I'm on yep.
4: Yep. Um, I do want to like just tweak a little thing because I notice that characters do carry guns and shit in the Continental. Mm-hmm. I would prefer it if, like, if you, for instance, had a meeting with Winston, you just wouldn't be allowed to like have weapons and shit on you, I yeah. think. Sure. I don't know. If we can get away with that, that's what I'm rolling Easily. with. Easily,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: So this is where we get a little bit of quick background on the whole thing that John Wick's famous for the impossible task thing. I want to clarify the, the impossible task from the first film. Mm-hmm. So John owes Omar the debt because he helped him achieve the goal. So Russian mob boss from the first film didn't want to let John out of his surface so he gave him a ridiculously impossible task, which was to kill a bunch of guys at a heavily guarded meeting, but there were no weapons allowed at the meeting. Hmm. The favour John got from Omar in return was that he agreed to provide him with a weapon for that so he could do it and then go off and marry Helen. Right. It was his way of getting out. So John signed the deal, but Omar was a sneaky fucker. And instead of giving him like a legitimate weapon, the only weapon he left for him was a pencil. Oh. So ah, that's the John Wick okay. legend. Yeah, good. The 13 men he killed were in that room. Yeah. Nice. So Omar wants to collect his debt and he wants John to kill Winston. John doesn't want to because, you know, he's retired and he's trying to get away from this life and he just doesn't want to be involved anymore. Helen really changed him. He doesn't want to get back in. He came back in because he had to settle something. He doesn't want to do this. But Omar's kind of like, A, this is how we operate. You made an oath. I've got your blood on that, the marker. And B, I'm like, if you don't do it, I'm going to frame you for killing my sister because the high table guys won't tolerate someone from the high table. Is it the high table? Someone from like the high John, table being killed. That'll basically be like a death sentence for John and anyway. Yeah,
1: yeah.
4: And then like in the background, we can see Omar's bodyguard lifting like some of John's fingerprints off the coffee machine or something like that. So it's just that easy. To do yeah, okay. It. The bodyguard is not Ruby Rose, unfortunately. What? Um, no. I wouldn't mind if it's someone really massive and imposing, someone like the Hound or I was just thinking like Dave Batista, basically. Yeah, okay. Yeah, someone in that mold. Yeah, bring it on. I'm just going to refer to him as Batista probably.
1: Yeah, they need to be actually terrifying.
4: Yeah, you need like a physical threat. So you've got Lawrence Fishburne is like that intellectual threat in the film Mm. and then he needs to have the physical threat. Ruby Rose just couldn't really pull
1: it off. No, again, if they had showed us be an actual physical threat earlier on, okay, probably would have got on board. But they never did. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, bring on Dave Batista. So
4: John arrives at the Continental Hotel. And he greets the lobby guy, whose name I never knew until I looked it up, but his name's like Charon. Oh, right. You know the guy I'm talking about? Yeah. Uh, Lance Hendrickson, I think the actor is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they have that little bit of banter. And John asks about, you know, can I board my dog here? And as in the film, Charon offers to look after it personally because he's a cool dude. Yeah. John sits down with Ian McShane's Winston and they have a bit of a catch-up. They've got some history, obviously, that kind of, I like that the film kind of implies that there's some stuff there, but you don't really kind of know what it is or whatever. And then a waiter, while they're talking, a waiter kind of brings over a memo for John. It's like a black folder or something like that. John very discreetly has a peek inside and we see that Omar has delivered him a pencil for the job of killing
1: Winston. (sighs) Yeah, nice.
4: Winston can kind of sense that something's a little bit off with John and he probably brings up some old memory of something. I didn't really come up with a thing here, but it's like maybe something, you know, when John was younger or misguided and the first time he was showed... He showed up at the Continental, Winston kind of took him under his wing or something like that. Yeah, just too yeah.
1: Well yeah. I, yeah, I like. wouldn't mind a bit of a mentor-mentee relationship. A yeah. For him. Yeah. 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 yeah,
4: Just yeah. something small, but just to speak to their history, it makes it that little bit harder for him to actually do what he's you know, he been forced to do. Yeah. But he can't do it. So he leaves. He ignores Charon at the desk and he leaves his dog in his care because John knows that bad stuff's going to happen and it's, the dog's both better off in his care than with John. Okay. He goes home and again he watches that video of Helen and then there's the doorbell ringing again. He slowly gets up and he opens the doorway and he can see halfway down the driveway there's a parked car and it's Omar standing there. He's got a rocket launcher over his shoulder, a smile on his face and he fires and John ducks for cover as it just fucking destroys his house. He shoots rocket after rocket. He just completely fucking obliterates it. Now, the force of the explosion, John's dazed and confused his phone, which was in his hand, like flung out of his hand. And the Batista bodyguard kind of bends down and takes his phone. Okay. So that's kind of like, oh, then they leave and John rolls over and he watches and his and Helen's home burning to the ground, and you can see, like in the film, I quite like that imagery of like his last photos of her just like shriveling up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the home's gone, the dog's now gone, the, right. the photos are gone, that video that he has of her, He's they the taken the phone. Yeah, it's got nothing left. Cool. And then we kind of like push on, and I like I want to speed this up a bit. He gets excommunicated just like that because I want to do it that he has the marker hmm. and the rules for not accepting that job. You are fucked. Okay. Because I
1: Right, so this is the everyone's out to get him, yep. No, yep. no, not yet. He's just oh, been okay.
4: excommunicated. So basically he's just cut right. off from the Continental and all the privileges that come with Yes. That. He can't yep. go to those shops and get the guns. He can't go to the thing. He he's can't, broken the rule. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't have any connections anymore. They haven't put like a hit out on his life or anything yet, yeah. but it's just like, no, nah, sorry, mate. Yeah. We have keeping, rules, you broke the rules, yes. that's it.
1: Which was the one good part of the movie yes. is that you had these logical rules and, yeah, you yeah. got to follow up yeah. on yeah. them. Great.
4: So, I wouldn't mind having probably just like a quick montage of him going to some of the usual places, but he gets turned away or whatever. And he's like sinking into him like, oh, fuck. All right, cool. I got nothing left anymore, really. All right, fine. Great, yeah. So, finally, he finds refuge with old mate Aurelio. And he's hiding out in the back of the car workshop while they're like fixing his car or whatever. And he's completely cut off. So, you know, he doesn't like, I'm getting rid of, he doesn't have the fancy bulletproof suits or anything anymore. He doesn't have the guns from the contacts. But later, he visits the rubble of his house and he starts clearing shit away. And then he picks up a sledgehammer because remember at the start when he buried all these guns in concrete? Well, there we go. Like the fire did not get through the concrete. Mm, And we have like the cool thing that I think they did in the first one with the slow motion, him just hacking up the concrete. And he's got this whole arsenal of guns down there. So that's fine. He doesn't need those connections for that anymore. He's got his own guns and stuff. So he's all right on that front. But John's not always the most clever guy so he just straight up doesn't really have a plan to get Omar. He just goes after him. Yeah. He just loads up with his guns.
1: and Because he is. His yeah. instinct. That's, yeah. what, he, that's yeah. what he's based on, yeah.
4: So he finds out where he is and he just straight up tries to kill him. And it goes, like, really terribly for him. So you know the scene at the start of the film where he gets fucked around a bit, cars mm. hitting him and he gets punched by a lot of guys and he's taking some damage and all of that. We can have a bit of that here. We can have that sort of extended scene come here. Yeah. Just draw that out a little bit. He's fighting multiple people just to try and get to Omar. I personally wouldn't mind... And this kind of flies in the face of John Wick a little bit, but I wouldn't mind seeing him not killing so many people.
1: No, I think that's good because if we're saying the, the main thing his wife gave him was redemption. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So without her, he's lost it. Yeah. Can he hold, well, he's, he's still got it technically. Can he hold on to it in the face of everything that's going against him? Yeah. Yeah. Omar's so I like
4: that, that Omar's really wronged him, and so I will fuck him up. But these guys are kind of in the way. But he's not like yeah. brutally, like, I really find it weird, you know, after he kills the woman in the film or she kills herself and then he shoots mm. her and then escapes through the rave party or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just shooting people everywhere, like innocents, yeah. and he just, cause sometimes bullets go through. Right. <laughs> people, yeah, yeah, And it's yeah. like, I want him to have a little bit more care. He still fucks people up. Sure. He's not
1: like just. But he does have a moral code. just yes. arbitrarily yes. killing yes. people. He needs to have a bit of morality
4: way, so yeah. that we can yeah. actually, you know, get on his side a little bit.
1: Which, again, with the first one, we feel that he does. Like, everyone he kills are bad guys. Yes. And we know why he's killing them.
4: Yeah. Absolutely. So, after all this, anyway, Omar gets away. And crucially, I don't actually want to see his Batista bodyguard guy fight yet. Mm -hmm. Like, kind of like what they did with Ruby Rose. I don't want to see the fight, but I kind of want to save him for later. Yeah. And then we do the thing like the film does. Omar puts a hit out on him and the contract, same as the film, $7 million. Which is actually the part I really liked. Just the idea that there are threats out there. I think you were talking about, you really mm. like that bit too. That just anywhere in the city, there are people that could kill him. I think they went a little bit too far yeah, with I like was gonna every say. maintenance man, every like <laughs> yeah. every busker it's in there. It's good within
1: reason. Yeah.
4: I like the fact that, yeah, there would be a lot of active yes. assassins who and sort like, of, shit, I'll take and, 7 million. Yeah,
1: and even like a few of the body types you might not expect – yeah, but that that show how they're dangerous. Yeah, you yeah. But again, like- to bag on Ruby Rose, they didn't show how she was dangerous.
2: Nah. <laughs> I mean, I didn't like at that point. You know, I sort of like checked out of the film bit, but it was like okay, like the busker in the subway yeah. and
4: like these guys and these guys, like really. Yeah. yeah, but I did like the montage. It's just yeah, it's the people they chose were a little bit off. Just have yes. people that are like John Wick, do you know what I mean? But yeah, yeah, yeah. The body types and stuff are cool,
1: but. Yeah. But there still need to be, this is their main job. Like, yes. that's what they should yeah. be doing. They should be busting <laughs> Because John Wick isn't busting on the street half the time, yeah. waiting for a job to yeah, come. Why his does way? he get to wear the suave suits all the time? <laughs> right. And these guys are like maintenance men carrying around the little <laughs> yeah. bunch of boxes yeah. and shit. It's just weird.
4: <laughs> so, moving along anyway, Omar's goons show up at Aurelio's workshop. I think Aurelio probably ratted him out. Like I'd like to think that Omar's people are just suffocating everyone everywhere and they're just threatening to take everything away from them and dry up the work. And Aurelio didn't want to do it, but he had no choice. And he tells John that he's so sorry that he let him down. And John, like, I think John's the kind of guy who's like, he'd be like, it's okay.
1: Like, I understand. Mm.
4: You you did what you thought you had to
1: do. Well, he's kind of willing to take on anything. Yeah. So at some point, yeah. Yeah. Has he fixed the car? No. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe John doesn't stand for that.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe John's like, Well, you ratted me out. It would have been cool if you fixed my car. Yeah, that could have helped, mate. And then they, they kill Aurelio in front of John. Oh, okay. And John just flips out and he brutally fucks every last one of them up. Again, though, the bodyguard's not present. He's back with Omar. John keeps a couple of them breathing so he can get a location from Omar, like, out of them. None of them talk, though. So John doesn't really know what to do at this moment. He's kind of like, fuck, what are my options? But then the continental lobby man, Sharon, sort of shows up. He's got John's dog with him and he's got a message from Winston that he's sorry that you know John has to fight this battle alone. It's not really fair and all that sort of thing. But rules are rules and he's an old-fashioned guy and he always stands by the rules. So they just have to deal with it basically. But Sharon says that while John is alone and isolated, there's still hope for him. He passes John a note and he opens it up and he sees the location of, of Omar, which again, we'll use the art gallery. Although, this just reminded me. I'll tell you what we're not going to use. The fucking Hall of Mirrors. (laughs) I hate that. If The Simpsons have done a gag about something because it's a cliche and they did it 15 years ago, it shouldn't still be seen in films. I cannot believe that they did that.
1: Not to mention Sideshow Bob is a better villain than anything we saw (laughs) in this movie. Yo, I just... It's
4: even like the art exhibition that he goes to at the end of the film. Yeah. It was, it's something like Reflections of the Soul. Yeah. And they keep saying it. Every time the doors open, it's like, welcome to Reflections of the Soul. And they all look at each other in the mirror and
1: it's like, come on, film. Yeah. Be why, better, not just, why don't I just reach out and slap me across the face? <laughs> yeah, Right.
4: <laughs> So after he gets the note from Omar, John just kind of nods uh, because I've noticed that he never seems to say thank you to anyone in these films. <laughs> Least of all yeah, Sharon, okay. who's got his back multiple times. Doesn't
1: mention babysitting his dog all right? the whole time, just free
4: of charge. John never offers like, "Oh, do you want some money for food?" Or like, yeah, the Sharon's the real yeah. fucking hero. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's a good guy. Like fuck it. Up. So John crouches down and he sort of gently leans his head against the dog because it's kind of like he's you know. He's John's probably thinking, I don't know how this is going to go. And he's got that attachment to the dog. Mm-hmm. even though I haven't really used the dog much in the film, yeah, but it's yeah. still there. And it's obviously an important thing to him. Yep. Then after that, loads the gun and leaves. Like, doesn't say goodbye to Sharon because, you know, we don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> Omar ups the contract at this point because, you know, his guys got knocked off, whatever. So it's like $13 million now. I like to think in his mind he made it 13 because you killed 13 guys with a pencil, $13, oh. $13 million. All right, cool. Okay. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, he's
1: very clever. Yeah,
4: right. And we had that cool scene, which I quite like, where you see all the info getting sent out to all the different assassins and they all start getting excited. And then mm. it's the similar montage to what we got in the film, which is pretty cool. I just love the idea of John slowly working his way across the city. But the film makes him a little too invincible. I want him to be really fucked up. Mm. Like, every fight that he has, he needs to just, it needs to be like this continual thing where he's just like, he's degrading. And yeah. like, he gets to the point where he would reach his goal at the end. And just be fucked fucked like yeah it yep. wouldn't be capable like i mean he's gonna fight anyway because willpower is like part of the legend of john wick yeah so these people go along with it but yeah i really want him to get fucked up but i do like the montage i'd keep the cool kills i think the film showed you maybe three or four different assassins in the real world hmm. i'd probably do more but just like shorten the fights yeah i think every fight's gonna no go i agree i was john getting Wick's better than a lot of them and stuff like that
1: yeah like i was getting to the point where i'm like all right Hurry it up. Yeah, it's amazing and he's shooting guns in a really cool way. Yeah. But I know what the result's going to be. Can we get the results so we can move on with the story? Yeah, of course they didn't have any story so they just kept going. Show more yeah. of it.
4: Make it a quicker montage yeah. and just, yeah. Beautiful. Show him probably get more fucked up.
1: Yeah, every time he gets fucked up and he looks like he might lose, he's scraping through. Yeah. yeah. So when he gets to the gallery, he just looks pretty much destroyed. Cool. I want him so fucked up that Omar's like really cocky
4: and doesn't even care. He just like sends his men away except for the bodyguard. Oh, okay. He's got that guy there. So it's just John Wick and Batista bodyguard. So Batista steps forward and John's limping and bloodied and he spits some teeth across the expensive floor of the art gallery. Batista pulls out a gun because I like to think he's not like one of those fuckwit movie bodyguards. Like, sure, he could fight hand to hand, but he's kind of like, I have a gun and you're John Wick. Like, I'm not going to be an idiot, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But then maybe he's an idiot because then John reaches into his jacket. (laughs) I feel like I can get away with this because these films are ridiculous. (laughs) And he very slowly... Pulls out a pencil. Okay. You love the pencil, don't you, mate? I do love the pencil. <laughs> <love> I <laughs> pencil. Such a John Wick thing. I'm yeah. really buying into the pencil. And Patista can't help but smile because he's heard the legend. He's heard all the stories and shit. Yeah. And I'd like to think he's not a typical movie fuckwit, but I, I, I kind of think he is in what, if anything, maybe he's a bit bored. He's one of those guys who hasn't had a good fight in a while. I'm just like, you know what? I want to see what you do with this pencil. He tosses the gun aside, takes off his jacket, rolls up his sleeves. John smiles too, just a little bit, which is a bit of a rare thing for him because I don't Mm. think he really (laughs) smiles or laughs or emotes much. (laughs) Despite the circumstances, it's hard not to respect that move. So the two, they slowly walk towards each other until Batista's like towering over him because he's a much bigger man. He's a Mm. pretty big guy. They pause for a brief moment and then with speed, John drives the pencil at Batista's throat. He doesn't move. He doesn't make a single effort to stop it. He just takes the hit. The pencil collides with his throat at maximum force and it just fucking snaps in half. The pieces fall to the floor like John Wick's jaw, shortly <laughs> followed by some of his teeth because Batista just grabs his head like it's a watermelon and yeah. smashes his own into it. And John's just like spinning in a blind haze, gets spear tackled to the ground, and Omar just stands back and laughs as the pair hurt each other in ways that would like snap a normal guy in half. Mm, it's just yeah. ridiculous fighting. I think I once described a fight scene in one of the pictures as being like a uh, banshee on a shitload of cocaine or something <laughs> like that. So that's basically kind of what we want from this fight. It's actually just disgusting to watch. Mm. Because I think much of the violence in this film is like glorified. And I think I want to get to the end of it and just be like, oh, this is actually like, why am I cheering this? It's fucking gross. gross. And so many of the John Wick fights are beautifully choreographed and they're fun to watch. But this would just be like John who's fatigued and fucked and he doesn't have any speed and it's this other guy with just brutal power who's basically- Can I, how did the pencil break on his neck? I just like to think, and again, it's a heightened world, that his neck is, like his skin is just fucking so hard that it's like, whatever, (laughs) mate- (laughs) If it makes you feel better, we can have him. He can be wearing one of the bulletproof
1: vests, and John's trying to like stab him in the chest. But I feel like John would go for the throat. He'd go for the skin, wouldn't he? I can just have him grab it at the last second, snap it off. I reckon. Or like whatever or it, it is. It's just this like, has
4: always been John's move. This pencil will always work for me. And then this guy, like, it just the pencil's got to snap in some way. I feel yeah, like, because John's like, kind of like, oh fuck he barely moves he just like maybe
2: lifts his shoulder or something Yeah, and the pencil hits the shoulder instead and hey, on that.
1: that's yeah. better and John's so fucked from all these previous fights this is the repercussion or, of that yes, if you want to absolutely. really
2: say something about how good this Batista guy is maybe it's not even that he's wearing a bulletproof vest it's like he just lifts his shoulder at just the right angle so instead of like going straight it in it goes the pencil, through the shoulder it an or that like snaps it so right. it's like, you know, I'm miming how it works. It hits a bone. It hits media. a bone or something. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah.
1: It snaps off. It's still half stuck in there, but Batista's like, whatever, mate. If that's the best yeah. you've got, yeah. let's do all it. All of the angle hits it
4: that means it doesn't even go in. It just... Right. Which I just really like because it's all about, like, I build up that John Wick legend. Everyone's raving about the pencil. And then mm. suddenly for John, it's kind of like, oh, the pencil didn't work.
1: Huh. You're you're taking away literally everything from him. I'm fucked. <laughs> even his one move. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's got one move. That's it. <laughs>
4: <laughs> but, yeah, so it's a brutal slog. and eventually. Um, know. eventually, I think he just gets the upper hand. I don't really know how. He just kind of put into the the John Wick willpower. Hmm. And he he uses something practical, like maybe it's his belt or something like that. And he chokes him out. Or maybe it's even just as simple as like John, who wanted to fight this guy. is like, yeah, let's have a a hand-to-hand thing. Let's see how this goes. And it's just like, no, I want to survive. And he reaches for the gun that Batista threw away or something. And eventually, he just shoots him in the head
1: or something like that. Can I throw a suggestion in? Absolutely. Can he have the dog charge in and attack? Is that
2: a bit much? Is Is that that uh, a bit much?
1: Maybe it is, but here's my issue. The dog was such a big part of the first one and was barely using this one. Yeah. And it's a pit bull. They're arguably dangerous dogs. I wouldn't like, it doesn't have to kill him, but it can be his last weapon. It distracts him and then John. Do you know what I mean? And it's almost a choice between, does he get this last shred of his wife? Does he use it to attack in a way that he knows he shouldn't? Or does he hold it back? Yeah. I I can get behind something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
4: Yeah. Whatever the case, the bodyguard is dead. So now Omar is actually scared for the first time. Things have not worked out for him at all. John slowly looks up at him and starts walking towards him. And Omar, you know, he's backing back. He's got fear on his face. But then he smiles. So he pushes a button and this thick glass wall rises from the floor and separates he and John. John hits it. Is it it mirrored? (laughs) Do we have any? Does John get a little reflection of the soul? (laughs) (laughs) John hits it. It doesn't budge. And Omar tells him, you know, there's no point. But John, he just keeps going. He shoots it again and again and again. He empties every bullet that he has. He's Fury building and Omar's laughing louder and louder, but nothing works. Omar pulls out a phone. It's John's phone that he took earlier. He dials a number and he calls for help. He explains to John that he's just like he's called the high table basically. and Mm. said, I've got John Wick here right where you want him. You guys come get him. And they're going to be there in like 20 minutes or something. And he's fine. He's kind of like, I can stand behind glass for 20 minutes and wait this out. Like, I don't give a shit. Mm. John asks, who are they sending? And he says, everyone. He then plays John plays that video that John was always watching of his wife. And he says her name. And John pounds at the glass. He's getting angrier and angrier. And then he says to John, You know what I'm thinking right now, John? How sad it must be for you to lose your wife, the house, the photographs, every single memory you've ever you ever had of a life you so desperately tried to build. I wanted that once. And then I finally had it. And you know what happened to me, John Wick? I got bored. That life you think you want so much is a lie. You can't control it. The only thing you can control is the power you have and the fear that you hold. You're in my way. Winston is in my way. He drops John's phone to the ground. We've got the video of Helen still playing on it. And then he crushes it with his boot. You'll see John, the woman I loved. I don't have her. I don't have pictures. I don't have video. I don't have anything. Let me tell you what happens. Years pass. And you don't even remember what they look like. You thought you could get out, run away, find peace. You don't deserve peace, John. You'll never stop killing, never stop hurting and hunting until someone stops you. Taking lives is all you know. And then John Wick looks at him and for a really long beat and then he says to him, yours is the last life I take. Omar considers him for a moment and then shakes his head and says, how many times have you said those words, John? And John just doesn't answer and for a long time it's just silent. And then we hear, hello, Jonathan, Omar, comes a voice, and it's Winston. And he strolls in and he nods at John and he looks through the glass at Omar and he tells him that he knows everything, all of it, the plan to kill him, the plan to expand and take over, everything. Omar says to him, none of that matters. The high table are coming to save him and there's not a damn thing he can do that he should go hide behind the safety of his hotel. And Winston just smirks and says, safer than your glass. And he twists this ring that he wears on his finger. And he holds it up against the glass. And it's one of those, um, science uh, scientist Damo Help me, one of those, uh, what's the word? Makes the shrill sound that the destroys glass.
1: Supersonic Supersonic thing. Yeah, he yeah, holds yeah. that
4: up and the glass in slow motion just rains down in pieces. Cool. And John's eyes don't move from Omar. Winston puts a hand on John's shoulder. And then he says to him, this will be the end for you, Jonathan. And John nods. Winston hands him a small folder and walks away. <laughs> You're going to hate this. <laughs> John opens the folder. And it's the pencil that he was supposed to kill Winston with earlier. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, it's good. It's good. I'll allow yeah. it. I was ready to throw my chair and walk out. No, no, no I'm good. enjoying it. Good. It could really be anything, but I, I, I don't know. I think if Winston the fact is set up earlier, the I think if Winston knew, yeah. hey, that was the weapon you were supposed to kill me with, and you didn't because you, you know, you couldn't do that to me, then here you go, use it to kill this motherfucker. Yeah. So the camera angles of Winston walking away and it's like he's back to the action. It's sort of slightly out of focus in the background. You just see John Wick sort of hulking over the shaking Omar and he just buries that pencil into him again and again. So it's out of of focus the whole time? Yeah. Yeah, beautiful. It's just on like Winston's face. Yeah, I love that. Great shot. So now it's that same scene in the park. It's John meets Winston. Only this time the dog's not with John like he was in the film. Winston thanks him for not killing him, and basically they have a little chat about what's coming. The high table can't allow him to kill their members and stuff like that, so they're going to come and kill him. Like There's been this worldwide hit put out on him. But it's not just that. It's everyone, even people he hasn't considered. And John kind of thinks, I don't have anybody, so what? The f- what are they going to do? And he's like, you haven't considered Helen's family, have you? What about people that she knew? They don't care about anyone. They'll come for everyone just to get to you. They're coming for everyone. I wanted to end... Sort of on that same thing, you know, how John was kind of like, you tell him whoever comes, I'll, I'll kill them all. Mm. But this time, I think there's a little bit more of a purpose because it's like, I've got to protect, I guess, what's left of Helen's yeah. family rather than it just being John being like, because in the movie, it's kind of like for no purpose that he's like, oh, I'll keep surviving, I'll kill, I'll, I'll fight, I'll kill everybody. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, maybe this time there's just like a little bit more to it. For sure. Winston still gives him like that hour buffer to get away. I'll give you an hour, you know, just because of, out of, I guess, respect for what he did for him, not killing him or whatever. Right. John asks if you know if he's going to be in trouble for helping John, but he says, ah, I'll be all right. I can take care of myself. Mm. So, then John limps away like he does in the film. And it's the same ending. We see him uh, as all the calls go out to different people all around the world or around the city, whatever. Mm. And steadily, he stops walking and he starts running. And the music's building and the tension. And then out of nowhere, a car skids out in front of him. It's John's car. It's all repaired. And it's the lobby man, Sharon, cool. climbing out of it. So, too does John's dog. And he throws John the keys and says, run. John says you know, to him, come with us because they'll kill you for helping us. But Sharon says, I can handle myself. He says, Mr. Wick, it was an honor, sir, to help a friend. And they shake hands and John actually says, thank you,
1: Ah, oh, oh, Sharon.
4: And then John and his dog get in the car and they speed away. And then in the rearview mirror, you can see Sharon getting killed. People swamp him. And oh, shit. And then we're back at the park and we see Winston standing there and also he gets gunned down. What? And then we close in on John in the car. He looks at his dog. He glances in the mirror. And then he looks ahead and that's the end of John Wick 2. So you, it's open for like if they want to do a oh. third film, I suppose, which would be like the high table really coming after him and him yep. protecting Helen's family. You he could probably bring a bit more heart into yep. it, which I
1: kind of didn't quite have well, enough
4: of in there, which
2: the film didn't. Bring it full circle with him actually maybe getting to know Helen's family. Yeah. And like meeting Absolutely, her yeah. And yeah, and like I see them
1: like almost being trapped in, say, this old style house together, all of them locked in there yep. while these forces come at them.
2: And then actually make it more of like John Wick kind of, you know, it's connecting with them and them, them kind of realizing who he is and kind yep. of getting put off by it. And then them sort of kind of coming around to accept him and him kind yep. of realizing, hey, I've got a family and I've got people to protect, right. I've got people to care about. He's, instead of just being a lone wolf. Yeah,
1: Because he's learning what the villain in this one didn't learn. Yeah. Yes. That there is more out there. Cause fuck, I love a carny villain monologue, because they're always the best. <laughs> you give so much context to your villain's mentality. I fucking love it. Cheers, man. Only thing I would change is like I would probably
2: give a little bit more credence to Less credence Winston's. to pencils. <laughs> no, no, pencils are fine. Actually, like <laughs> yeah. Winston. Look, fine, I love a HB like, personally because, like, Winston being like, like if it's instead of him being like, oh, I sorry, just say himself, give a little maybe, more to him. Yeah, oh, no, no, just like to him at the end being like, oh, I'm going to be fine. He's like, I'm going to be fine. They can't touch the continental, so they didn't know it was me. And then you actually raise the stakes that last minute if people turn on him. Yeah, and it's like, oh fuck, and make it like a big twist. And yeah. it's like the way it sounded, kind of red like Chiron in particular was like sacrificing himself. I, I like him being like, if if he's like hey, the content will protect us. Yeah. And then it's like, no, it doesn't. Yep. then you realize oh that's how fucked they are like that and that actually says to your cliffhanger this is how powerful the high table is yep. they can literally take out the continentals
4: people with impunity well, yep. okay. and but and- is there something <gasps> to be said though about the continental people being like uh, isn't the whole thing you can't do business on the continental ground so the mm-hmm. fact that Winston's finally out cuz there is a, like a line earlier in the film where it's like the manager is always at the leaves. continental yeah, and point. then he's just in the park at the end that scene well, could be in the continental what if yeah well what if and he could be away? killed in like his office at oh, the continental how amazing
2: would that be if it's the if, like, if they're there and then, like, you know, he literally leaves the Continental. Charon pulls up, gets out, gives him the car. He's like, You're going to be okay. He goes, We're going to be fine. You know, yep. nobody knows about this. Mm. We're all right. We're safe. And be like, This is our thank you for not killing Winston. This yep. is our thank you for not doing what we knew you could do when you had that pencil there. Yeah. For having that code of honor that the Continental is built on. You exhibited that. For that, we're giving you this head start and getting you out of here. Yeah. And then they walk back in. The tragedy is instead of there being any element of self-sacrifice, Chiron and Winston literally think they're fine and they're just yeah. repaying a debt. Yeah. And then literally Chiron walks back into the Continental and in the lobby there's Winston, guns to his head, and the both of them are just gunned down. Yeah, that's cool. And it's like, fuck, mm. this is how powerful the Council of Because I, I did oh, approach it- Council Team, what, what did I say? Yeah,
4: yeah. I did approach it like as if Winston was also kind of doing him- like sacrificing himself but if that's the case then you need to do more with him in this film to set up why he like to what extent is their bond that yeah, he would do right. that but I do like your idea much better I think well mm. if it's just that they literally think they're safe because I mean I think I they have do to like that Sharon sacrifices it. himself no but though. I didn't buy it I don't, you think don't buy into it I not feel not like so if it was a if it was a fleshed out feature film you'd give him a little bit more and then you might buy it but I am on board your idea Especially if, if you are setting up for a third film. Mm.
2: If anybody sacrificed himself for John, you have to really build up why. Because, yes. frankly, he's a bit of a jerk. Like, yeah. you know, mm. I wouldn't sacrifice, sacrifice myself for him. Yeah. Sharon, like, ultimately it's just business. If it's, like, a matter of, hey, we're going to go out and limb for you because you didn't kill Winston when you had the chance. Yeah, that's bad. And up. then it kind of almost makes it more shocking that they think they're okay and then, boom, they're not. Yeah. And then that actually sets up your third film where
4: you're like, this is how dangerous these people yeah. are. You'd even like cast whoever you want for your third film. Like if it's a Jason Statham or someone like that, who's the high table yeah. guy who's going and killing people, he kills Winston and then it's right. like, all right, you're going to be the guy chasing John Wick in the yeah. next film. Yeah, awesome. You
1: yeah. know what you could do? Mm. For, for, for the third film, John Wick takes the family to the Continental and has to protect them from inside there. I don't think he has the privileges anymore though, so would it extend to them? I don't know. No, I'm more seeing the Continental as this barren wasteland of – it's no longer what it was, yeah. but he knows that it can be a stronghold. So that's why he chooses it. Because it would still
2: be- And, and it's almost like a diehard
1: situation where like they're getting in and he's fighting them off. And, and then, then it's at playing the end, sides. you true. could have him take over the continent. Oh, no, no, no. Fuck, fuck. I've got it. I know exactly who takes the family.
2: His homeless friend who lives in the gutters <laughs> and <laughs> takes them down to that secret society down there. right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. makes
4: sense. That made perfect sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: Played by Samuel L. Jackson.
4: (laughs) Which is what they really wanted. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. They couldn't get him. So they were with (laughs) Fishford. Yeah. Like, because there is a scene in it, you know, when he fights Common. And then they crash through the window of the Continental. It's like, well, no more business. And then he goes up to his room and I was thinking like the film didn't do this. He just left the Continental the Mm. next morning. But it's like it'd be really interesting to have a character hiding out in the Continental. Yeah. Like he knows as soon as I leave here, I'm dead. And so he could have just like waited it out and then like the psychology of that like affecting you of you staying in this one place for so long. And like the idea of getting the family in there is interesting. I just don't know how it holds up. In terms of, especially if you end with Winston and um, Sharon being killed sure. in the Continental, it's yeah, like yeah. the high table can do whatever the fuck they want.
1: That's true. That's true. Mm. That's a good point.
4: But yeah, he definitely takes the family somewhere.
1: Yeah. Somewhere yeah, where, I, he a, where he has the, a contact or a
4: connection, the which he's got plenty of.
1: family is what sold it for me because yeah. without some hold to his wife, yeah. which he's literally lost everything, even got his phone back at the end. No, no. no, So the phone's destroyed. He's got nothing. Literally, he's got nothing. And then he gets this one last glimmer of hope this family, this wife's family. There's obviously a connection to her. Yeah. That's what he would do. For a man who's got nothing left, he's going to hold on to whatever he can. I do really like that idea of like the family. I don't know, like, was it a big wedding?
4: Did the family even know who he is? Yeah. I clearly wouldn't know what he had. Well, what what does, he does John do or... for a <laughs> yeah, living? Kind
2: of like yeah, all of that. And that kind of gives you a really interesting third film where it's like, here's John face-to-face with the normality that he could have had yeah, with Helen yeah. but oh. didn't get. Mm. And then it's them kind of calling to task what he does and him having to justify himself. Yeah. And you actually, oh, I don't know, John Wick films, delve into the character and his motivations
1: oh, or something. That. Like, yeah, cool. yeah. That'd be good. Yeah, that'd be really cool. That'd be much more enjoyable mm. than a guy – delivering recipe puns about armory. I'll take that any fucking day of the week.
4: So, yeah, I think the goal was just sort of to streamline it a little bit because I think that the second film kind of got away from them a little bit in terms yeah. of just they they tried to – they did that typical sequel thing where they just tried to do the first one again but, like, bigger and, and it yeah. quite stupid. so
1: much of it seemed to be set ups for more fight scenes.
4: Yeah. yeah Rather um, than focus
1: on story and character, which you always need. I don't care if it's an action movie. You still need story and character.
4: Yeah. The like the second film that we saw just didn't really have anything in the way of heart to it. This one that uh, just pitched not a huge improvement on the heart department. If you build
1: up. the chevron and all the rest stuff. Yeah, you could have your heart there. Yeah, you just need to, yeah need to feed it through the film a yeah. bit more.
4: Yeah, and with a and maybe a little bit more with him or whatever. But
1: yeah, 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 yeah.
4: But yeah, I did toy with the idea of like starting it on a flashback, which would have been John and Helen's wedding, Ooh, okay. and then having so you have a little bit of an instruction because it's going to have like a niece or a nephew character or something that John has mm. to like bond with and protect in this film, or some bullshit like that. But the idea was going to be that the guy delivers the marker, he would come to the wedding and. That's where you would meet him. Or I can't remember what I was going to do with it. It was going to mm. be something like that. He'd come to the wedding and kind of be like, I'll be seeing you, John. And John's kind of like, whoa. Or it could be like, no, like, oh, you won't. I'm, I'm out. And then you know later in the film when we see him and he slides the marker, you know who he is. Right. Or if you really
2: want to contextualize it and like really justify it in the wake of the first film, it could be as simple as somebody comes to the wedding and says, oh, by the way, your wedding present from Omar this is retracted in the face of your retirement. Have a happy retirement. Right. Then it's like you are not retired anymore. Yeah, Boom, yeah. It's back. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Something
4: like that. That's Because good. then that, that'd be a way to thread the family into it mm. a little then bit you more. Actually set that up yeah. You have, have the family as the book yeah. yeah, Or and even it, if you have a family it, member as a character throughout it. Because yeah. you do need like a little bit of heart. And I didn't really like play with the heart aspect too much, yeah. I But it, it, it would definitely benefit. I think it would benefit of the from the first film.
1: Yeah, I'd fully agree. And yeah, giving Omar Well, giving Omar context for why he's delivering this thing as if John never, like as John forgot that he's got this debt to pay? Of course not. So, yeah, which Omar forgiving it but going, hold on, you have not retired anymore, that's really good.
4: Yeah, I'd I'd never thought of the context for him doing it. It's like, oh, John Wick because of the events of the first film, you're out of retirement. Mm. I don't really know if that's in the film. I think that's probably just your take on it, which is better than uh, I think what they did. I think he just comes to him because he's like, yep,
1: all right. Yeah, by the way. Like oh fuck I forgot about that yeah oh like what if wife was still around I'm carrying this thing like, with blood Honey, in, in my pocket one last job <laughs> see you in a bit like ridiculous
2: cool none good stuff yeah Love I it. think that's a marked improvement undoubtedly and but, uh, and also I actually want to see the third film
1: yeah yes. But- which See, like that's the thing. After the actual film, it's it's still setting up a third film, but a third film that's that's hard and has you know proper story. It just
2: kind of brings it full circle. and It's the logical continuation of the plot. Yeah, like yep. and actually, because now it's like, well, what's he gonna do? I guess the third one's gonna be him killing lots of people as opposed right, to exactly. a fair amount of people.
1: Yeah. And, like, and it gives us more about the character, because I don't really need to know more about the world he's in. Yeah. I wouldn't mind knowing how did he meet his wife? Yeah. How does an assassin meet a John Wick. Person? Yeah. Like, it shouldn't
2: be, like, I mean, because I, I know there was talk of them doing a TV series about the Continental. Mm. It's like, Who I mean, gives it's a shit? You, right? yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, if you have kind to, of. yeah, that's Continental, but this is John Wick. Like, he's got yes. to be the centre of it, not yep. your crazy
4: world. That's really, the only fix this, like, little series needs It's to fix the character of John Wick Hmm. because he's the same, if anything, he does the backslide in this film. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, if you just kind of tweak that, then it's instantly just a better film.
1: You've got to give him hope for redemption. Otherwise, what are we cheering for?
4: Yeah. 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 Sure. Absolutely. Uh, And on that note, I've been Carney. I've been Gabe.
2: I've been Damien. I don't know the the wrap-up thing. If (laughs) you have any thoughts on the John Wick-ology, then um, email (laughs) (laughs) us in at moviemaintenanceatsanspansradio.com. Otherwise, on Twitter, at mmsanspans or individually- I'm at Sidekick of Dowie. I'm at Goldberg Moser. And I'm at Midday Pajamas.
4: Cheers.
1: Thanks for listening. If you want to help support the show,
0: why not become a member at sanspantsplus.com and get early access to our shows, a bunch of exclusive content, and much, much more. That's sanspantsplus.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter.